Welcome to Dispatch in Depth, where we give you the stories behind the science of emergency dispatch. This is an official podcast of the International Academies of Emergency Dispatch, the world's leading authority in dispatch science. I'm your host, Becca Barris, writer and copy editor for the Journal of Emergency Dispatch. In each episode, we'll be bringing you stories of the fascinating people who work in this area. We'll give you their backstory, including how they got there, what they're working on, and what drew them to the field. These are people who represent the cutting edge in emergency dispatch, and I hope you'll join us to hear more about them. Welcome to Dispatch In-Depth. Today we're talking about emergency response career paths inside and outside of the comm center, including how to branch out of or enhance your current role. We have the fabulous Erica Lakey and the incomparable Yasmin Barnett on the line to give us their insight. Erica, an ENP and CMCP, has been in public safety for over 14 years in various roles in Central Florida. She has a passion for teaching, technology, and networking. Yasmin, also an ENP and CMCP, has been in public safety for over eight years, most recently in the private sector. She's a big believer in progression, change, and career development. Welcome, Yasmin and Erica. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm so excited to have you guys on here. Just a little background for the listeners. I saw them present at Navigator. They were both on the 911 to Roman panel, and Erica was wearing these incredible red boots. And I was doing social media for IED and I was like, Erica, you need to let me do a boomerang of your boots. And she was like, done. Amazing. New boot goofing. Let's do it. And in that moment, I was like, (laughs) before they'd even presented, I was like, done. I'm in. And just she and Yasmin had the best rapport. So I'm really excited to have you both on today. To start us off, could you please give a quick rundown of your career path? Erica, start us off. All right, I graduated with my bachelor's in advertising and PR, and I worked my summers as a lifeguard. But when the recession hit in 2008, I got laid off, and that was when I moved down to Florida, and I did work for the mouse as a lifeguard. And then I started 911 in 2009, and I've been in different roles from frontline to trainer to assistant squad lead to training coordinator, and now my current role is the 911 support specialist. And I actually just signed on as a contract team lead for Motivations. So I'm excited to work with other agencies nationwide with training and policies and the Dispatcher On Demand program. Cool. Yasmin, how about you? So I got into 911 in about late 2014, actually because of a classmate that I had when I was 19 and was in my third year of my bachelor's. So my original plan, like many who come into this career, was to start in 911 and then go out and become a road deputy. And so when I graduated in 2016, I gave it some more thought, decided to pursue my master's in criminal justice. And while in dispatch, I ultimately decided that I kind of wanted to stay and move up into management. So in 2017, I became an assistant squad leader. Then I became a floor supervisor at 25 a couple years later. And then finally, two years later, in August of 2022, I decided I was ready for another change and another challenge. But I wanted to stay in the industry. So I moved over to the private sector, but I'm still a part-time dispatcher. I haven't let it go just yet. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to get out of this industry when you've been so entrenched for as long as you both have. And you've both ended up in different roles and you originally started in, in 911. Can you talk a little bit more about that? How did these opportunities present themselves? Did you seek them out? Were they just sort of, you know, this is what you do in the comm center. You've been a line dispatcher for so long and now it's time to be a supervisor. Well, for me, I had the opportunity to move over to the support side instead of frontline. 
And I was excited to branch out and do training coordinator. And then as I started doing the training and becoming an instructor and various topics, then I became more interested in the technical side. I'm always been analytical. So just learning the why behind everything so I can explain it and become a better teacher to other people who are analytical like me. So I've really enjoyed taking that pathway of going down the support road and learning all about training and technical. Sometimes I wonder how my career would have been different if I had stayed on the floor and done shift supervisor, and then I would have opportunities such as operations manager, but I really enjoy where I'm at now. So I have no regrets. Good. That's always good to hear in a career, right? And then Yasmin, how about you? How did you find yourself progressing? So I think it was really interesting because I kind of moved up every couple of years and that seems to be a, a theme with me is the number two as I moved up. And then, you know, I became a supervisor right before the big brunt of COVID, honestly. And during COVID, that's when I really started paying attention more to the employees that I was working with, to my frontline telecommunicators, and that kind of changed my thought process where while I still wanted to be a civil servant and still serve the community, I also wanted to serve those that were serving the community. So that's really where my thought process went into changing into the private sector, where I now wanted to be involved in technology or in products that were actually going to change the lives of those people who are helping change the lives of those out in the community. Yeah. And it's really interesting because you would never have gotten to where you are now had you not been on the front lines first. Right. Because all of the I don't want to call them normies, but all of the normies I talk to <laughs> anytime I mention what I do, explain my job to them. They're like, oh, I've never thought about dispatchers. And I'm like, well, they're thinking about you all the time. So be grateful. So that's really cool that you were able to still be in the profession, in the fields helping in a different way because as we all know dispatchers don't get the support that they need they just don't they just don't get the support from anywhere that they need financial emotional I think as long as they know that there's somebody out there who's maybe championing for them and really I'm I'm only one person but I'm one person of many who are out there who are trying to help them do their jobs better help them maybe at least get their jobs a little easier. And that hopefully will make a difference in their everyday today. Right. And you're coming from a place of experience, too, which is so valuable because people can come in with theories all they want and say, oh, well, you know, this should help you. This should help you. But Yasmin and Erica, you're both coming from a place of I've lived this. I've taken these calls. Here's what helped me. Here's what the research shows or here's what the practice shows. And so that's really valuable. It really does help being a subject matter expert because I know anytime we've had an instructor or a speaker come in, as soon as I hear that they've sat on the front line, immediately I'm thinking they get it. They know what we're talking about because I've attended sessions and classes. I admit, hey, I've never sat in the hot seat. I can only imagine what you do. And already you're kind of thinking, well, then you truly don't get it. But I do appreciate the people who take the time to try to understand and try to get it. So that's huge in my book. But whenever we do present, I love telling our backstories and what our history is in the 911 Center so we can build that credibility with them. And, you know, it's very funny because there are people out in the industry who have never done it, but they are so entrenched in what they do. And they took the time to do the research and understand what the job is that until they actually make mention that they've never done it, you would never think that they'd never been in our position. 
Yeah, those are some of the most valuable allies to have. Absolutely. So let's talk about branching out. Where can people start if they want to connect with other centers or 911 professionals? So there are a lot of committees out there with different nonprofits. I think the most popular ones that people might know are APCO, NINA, and 911 Wonder Woman. So I apologize if I leave anyone out. But honestly, conferences at the state and the national level are great opportunities to hear from your peers. Conferences are such a big deal. Honestly, they get to know people from across the nation. And another big thing is social media. Social media is free. Social media is an area where you can connect with several people across the board, especially Facebook and LinkedIn. I like to think of Facebook as kind of personal and LinkedIn more professional, but at the same time, there's a lot of professionality within Facebook as well. You can make some really good professional connections. And there are a lot of groups out there that are centered around dispatchers or centered, say like Nine and Wonder Woman. We're centered about women within the industry as well. And there's always more that are coming up as well. There's a lot of camaraderie in those groups for sure. I think the favorite experience I have is meeting someone online and then just watching them and grow professionally and sometimes personally. And then meeting them in person, I feel like we already know each other and then we get to connect all over again. So that's really been great for meeting people. And, you know, we'll joke about, oh, we get to officially meet you. And, and we all just laugh about it because this is the world we live in. We have this huge network of people who are not in our center, but then we do get to meet up in person. It's, it's a whole other experience. Yeah. And like you said, conferences are a great way to do that. You're there together. You're learning together. You're partying together. Unfortunately, conferences cost money, which is the worst. We've talked about how conferences are seen as a special privilege rather than a right, which is really a shame because you learn so much and you connect and you network so much at conferences. A lot of line dispatchers, especially, they maybe get to go to one conference in their career and that's pretty much it. Do you have any advice for those people? So for speaking at conferences, yes, there's so many opportunities to get to go. There's scholarships. And then also being a speaker or presenter has a wonderful opportunity. There's a lot of great perks that come along with that. So I think that's one way we kind of got into presenting conferences is because it covers the conference fee. And it's funny because there's a journal article from April called Heading Out to Conferences that Yasmin and I were able to contribute to during a navigator session. So we have some tips and tricks for people that have never been to conferences, maybe what to expect. But as for speaking at conferences, I think the main takeaway is be prepared to hear no a few times and just learn from the rejection and try again. Do not give up because you don't really hear about the rejection that people get. You always see them celebrating that they were accepted or they're going because even I had a session that wasn't accepted to Navigator and it was rejected for a conference session. But then IAD came back and asked if I would consider turning it into a research poster. And so I had a lot of guidance from the research team. And then now my findings are published in the Annals of Emergency Dispatcher Response. But I do love attending other sessions and hearing different perspectives. And we did have a lot of fun on the Nine Wonder Women Empowerment Panel with Sarah and Andrea at Navigator this year. And then Yasmin can tell you about the WIN panel she did. So I loved watching her and just being motivated by people that have these passionate ideas and they're making changes in our industry. Yeah, so with the WIN panel, it was definitely quite interesting because it had been, you know, I've only been on WIN for about a year. But during that panel, having specific questions that are related to what we had within our lives, what experiences we've gone through, especially women in 911, and being able to share that out with the audience where you could actually see how that was, you know, affecting people and could see that 
maybe they were dealing kind of with the same thing. And it's such a relief to hear that because you sometimes go to a conference and sometimes a conference can be that change in your career that you really need. That was a big thing for me back in 2021 when I attended my first navigator and my first conference ever. So that was a time when after COVID, it was just really hard and going through there, seeing the excitement and the joy that several of these people had coming together, being able to share that in one spot, it definitely rejuvenated me. But with regards to first time attendees and people who do want to go to conferences, there's a lot of scholarship money out there, like a lot. And a lot of the times it's just an essay and making sure that your agency supports you in going and that's super easy sometimes to just take the time and write out your passions onto a piece of paper. It's, it's very cathartic also because now it makes you reflect on that as well. So scholarships, big thing. And then being a speaker, Erica will tell you that one of the biggest fears that many people have is public speaking. I, I think Erica, you said public speaking is a lot more feared than even deck. <laughs> yes, people would rather be in the coffin than up there giving the eulogy. And that's a fact. And it's one of those things that it's not for everyone, but if you can just be afraid for a few seconds, then a whole world opens up mm -hmm. for you because now people think of you. You're, they're like, hey, you know who loves to talk, Erica and Yaz? And then they think of you for these opportunities. <laughs> And it's so funny because, you know, I think we teach in front of our peers all the time. That was scary at first as a training coordinator, because you're thinking, oh my gosh, they're judging me. But then when you get over that and you realize, no, they're there to learn from you. And if you can make it fun and interesting, then people want to come. So it's been great. Every year we go back to Navigator, we'll have people come up and say that they can't wait to see us. Or after the session, they'll tell us it was their favorite one. And, and that's huge because if you can just reach out to one person, but then to have multiple people come up. So I think for us, that's just, that's the momentum that we needed to keep going. Like, hey, we're on the right path. We're doing something right. We're getting this feedback. And we love it because it's from people who realize we get it. And we have tips that they can take back to their agency. And they're sharing their ideas with us too. And we bring it back to our people. So it's win-win. And just to quickly add to that, like, I know one of our goals is to do the trifecta one year, which is, you know, Navigator, Nina, and APCO. And hopefully at one point in our careers, we will get to do that and speak at all three but definitely I feel like conferences for me were a big game changer as you know I'm a big person for progression for change and for career development and I feel like you can find all three of those themes at a conference and once you start to develop your conference sessions develop what you want to present about you start to become more passionate about that and just like Erica has been saying a subject matter expert within this field yeah, I just want to point out, too, that some of us might have imposter syndrome, and that is real. We, we do have that in the beginning, but then after a while, it, it just stops because you realize that, hey, I do know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm talking about, and you just keep going. So don't let that imposter syndrome get in the way either. Absolutely not. One of the things that can be so difficult about working in a 911 center is feeling really isolated. And even if you have coworkers who know what you're going through, sometimes that can be kind of too close, right? It can be like family or friends where you're like, you know what, like you get what I'm going through, but also I don't want to talk to you about it. Conferences can be a really great place to, like Yasmin said, rejuvenate, to remember why you fell in love with this career in the first place, to talk to other people who are going through the same things that you're doing across the entire country. And like Erica said, to brainstorm ideas or say, oh my gosh, we have this problem. Here's what we did. Why don't you see if that can work in your center? 
Absolutely. And I think like in my case, I was a very quiet person when I was in dispatch and going out to a conference, being able to share my real self actually helped me come out of my shell a little and it helped me establish who I wanted to be professionally, personally, and I was able to kind of redefine how I wanted people to see me. So that definitely helped me personally as well. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, right? Like you're in your center and they're like, oh, there's Yaz over there. She's really quiet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you go to the conference and if you just start talking and if you're presenting, people are like, whoa, check out that baddie. And you're like, yes, I've always been a baddie. Do not (laughs) check with anyone else in my center. (laughs) You know, it's funny. And then once you realize the value of conferences and networking and fellowship, for me, like I don't look for reasons not to go. I look for reasons how I can get there. So I've taken PTO, I pay my own way. And that's why I look for those scholarships. That's why I look for those speaker opportunities because that's gonna reduce the cost for me. So if you're passionate about it, you will find a way to get there instead of looking for reasons why you can't go. And then for local conferences in Orlando, there's opportunities to sign up as a volunteer. So there's always a way to get there. You just have to decide. And the great thing is conferences announce their dates so far in advance. So you have time to plan. I mean, if you're going to go on vacation anyway, why not have it be one of the conference cities and then turn it into work and play? That's brilliant. That's such a brilliant strategy. And while you're networking with people online or people, you know, in nearby centers or people in your center, have them look over your scholarship applications, have them look over your session ideas and say, this doesn't quite make sense. You have support. You just have to ask for it, which I know is vulnerable. I hate asking for support. I hate asking for help. But when you do it, you'll be surprised at how many people reach out to help. Absolutely. As soon as you get over that initial just fear and now you've done it, you've already taken the first step. So why not just continue walking? Yes. And that's why it's so important to find your tribe, because if I make a conference session, I might not want to show it to everyone, but there's a few people I know I can give it to and they're going to give me good feedback instead of just saying, yeah, that looks great. Go with it. No, I really want to hear what you think about it. And so I can get better. So I think it's important to have those people on your side and then they can give you that criticism that you need. And then you just keep evolving. Right. And that is something that both of you have illustrated just beautifully is this idea of evolution. And you're not where you started, but where you are right now is really awesome. You both seem really excited about what you're doing right now and the things that you're doing in the future. Speaking of, I hear you guys have a new project. Would you like to talk about it on the air on Dispatch In Depth? Yeah. So Eric and I have been you know, each other's champions for a couple of years now. We were co-workers, but we weren't extremely close until after Navigator 2021. That's when we, it really brought us together. And during a time when we really needed someone who shared the same vision and support, we didn't realize that we had each other. We were honestly just a hallway away from each other. So over the last couple of years, we've done quite a bit from earning certifications to joining committees, to collaborating on several sessions. And this is our newest collaboration is our newest project is those 911 girls. So this year at Navigator, we gave out some of our business card poker chips, which had our favorite phrase saying, you win if you do, you win if you don't. Those who have a poker chip know the whole phrase. (laughs) We also had the label, those 911 girls on it. So this label actually came from when Erica had attended a conference and then asked the panel a 911 related question. And later on, someone asked one of the panel members, you know, who was that 911 girl? So that title was born. We've 
always try to ask the difficult questions, the uncomfortable questions. From being uncomfortable, you start to get solutions, you start to get answers. So we created a website where we plan to promote many of the resources that helped us grow in our time of need, as well as being able to share our experiences through blog posts and becoming just another resource for other people out there. So we'll be adding some more areas for interaction coming up in the next few weeks. So everybody make sure to check that out as the site is up now. But Erica, if you want to go ahead and add a little more. Yeah, so I think with those 911 girls, we're just really trying to be that resource that people might have needed, that the resource that we needed when we were starting to get into presenting, because it's one thing to go to a conference but it's another to present at a conference. So I think our focus is also gonna be getting people ready that wanna present, that wanna step out of their bubble and they wanna try this. So I don't really know if anyone else is doing that right now. So we hope that we get a lot of ideas and we, we want the feedback because we wanna be someone that mentors people that are looking to present. And even if it's in front of a training class at your own center, that's public speaking. So what are the resources for that? How are you getting prepared for it? Because that can be a huge leap of faith if you're used to sitting behind the console and you never would have dreamt that you're in front of hundreds of your peers talking about something in 911. So we want to be that liaison for them so they can have that safety net and then they have the steps to get there. So that's really our main goal. I love that. You guys saw a need in this field and you were like, hey, we can fill that. We have... We have the resources, we have the personality, we have the passion. Those are some of my favorite things in this entire world. And it gives us the opportunity to kind of give credit to those that are already in the industry that have helped us in our time of need, being able to continually push their projects forward as well, being able to have a dedicated page on our site where everybody will be able to go in. And if they're looking for podcasts, here are all the podcasts that are available out about 911 right now. If they're looking for training here, look at all these different people and groups that are doing training right now. So again, another spot where we can continually promote others within the industry as well. Yeah, that's a great point. There's no way we could have done this by ourselves. So that's not what we're saying. Like, yeah, I said, we just want to be another tool in people's toolbox. We have resources that we use and then who knows, maybe we'll learn about a resource that we didn't even know about. So that's what I'm excited too, is getting that two-way feedback because I think that's what it's all about is hearing from others. And then we can all evolve together because we don't have it all figured out. We're just starting. I feel like we've just dipped our toes into this world and we have so much more to learn. Because right now, my goal isn't to be a keynote speaker one day, but who knows, that might change as time goes on. But, you know, a few years ago, I never would have dreamt that big. But like Yas said, just for us, the trifecta is attending like the three major conferences as a speaker. And that might not be someone else's goal right now. Maybe they just want to talk in front of their peers without getting nervous. But you never know what's going to happen as you start to come out of your shell. And we hope to be able to foster that in people and they can grow in ways that they never would have been able to before. And another thing I love about those 911 girls is sometimes people don't feel like they have permission to ask for help or to ask for support. And what you guys are doing is saying, yeah, ask us. Ask us, you know, if there's a resource that we know of. Ask us for help with your session proposal. Ask us because you guys asked for help. And look at where you are now and where you're going to go. It's inspirational. And I know that you guys are like, oh, I don't think of it that way. But it is. So take it. Thank you. I know I was thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know you. (laughs) Yes, I know that imposter syndrome does creep up every now and then. (laughs) Yes, it's real. The imposter syndrome is very real. 
And like I, for one, and I know Erica does too, we like meeting new people. We like interacting with people. And I feel like there's other people out there who have not had the courage maybe to interact, but with this, hopefully they will take that opportunity to come and talk to us because you never know, we're probably going to learn something from them too. I'm hoping that people will find the courage to come and talk to us and be able to give them that courage to continually push that out to other members in the space, other members in the industry, and for us to share that as well. Yeah, that's a great point because it's not just you two helping people. It's also the people you're talking to helping you. And it just, it multiplies Mm -hmm. and ripples. Branching out and making waves. Yes. I love that. Especially being from Florida. It's such a fun graphic design idea. So we're having fun with this project too. So we can't wait to see what else we can create. So hopefully people will go to those 911girls.com and check us out. And just be patient with us because we do have a a full-time job. We have a life outside of it. So this is a side project for us, but we're really excited because we're we're pouring ourselves into it. So we're making our stories known. We're very vulnerable, but that's okay. I think people need to see and hear that. Yeah. Vulnerability is big. We have talked about a lot of really amazing things today, but if you had to choose one thing for listeners to take away from this episode, what would you like it to be? Yasmin, let's start with you. I think something I would like people to take away is that getting where you want to be is going to be difficult. There's no way to go around that. But just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's not possible. So make sure to take advantage of all the resources available to you. May it be the smallest article to a large conference. There will always be something useful that may help you succeed. Also, find the people who are going to support you. Just like we talked about, even if it's just one or two people, those people are going to be your sounding board when you really need one. And you're going to need one at one point or another. I mean, this week alone, Erica has heard me. We talk almost every day. But I have a couple other people that I can easily just text and say, hey, I need you to listen to this from my perspective and us being in the same position. Yeah, I think Yaz did a great job of covering all the points. So For me, I would just say the climbing the mountain of success will be hard. So that's why it's so important to find your tribe. Yeah. Get as much support as you possibly can. If you think you have enough friends, you don't. Get more. I will make a comment about that. So like my husband always says, my friend slots are full. (laughs) (laughs) When he goes to meet new people, I'm like, you can make new friend slots. It's okay. And he's like, no, no, they're all full. And I'm like, okay. You're like, okay, we'll Well, trade someone out maybe. Yeah. It's a yeah. different mentality for cops. <laughs> Dispatchers, we oh, talk yeah. all the time. We talk to anyone who'll listen to us, so it's, it's different. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that. So anyone listening who is like Yasmin's husband, your friend slots are not full. And if they are, maybe do you have room for an acquaintance slot? Think about it. Be open to the possibility. You never know who you're going to meet and whether it's going to be, you know, your next best friend or if there's somebody that's already in your circle who, like Erica and me, who just became each other's best friends because we started talking a little more and found out that, hey, we share the same values and we're looking for the same things. Yeah, we're so fortunate that we were at the same agency and we are on the same state in the same city. But I know that's not always the case. So that's why social media is huge for that, because you can find your new best friend online that probably sounds like a dating app but it's it's true you're (laughs) going to find people that support you in a different way online 
than they would maybe the person sitting next to you. And that's okay. So I think that's what's been so great in the last 10 or so years in our industry is that we're now a network of people outside of our agency. I think that's why more of us are starting to open up. Yeah, it's just exploded and it's amazing. And it's come with so many great resources like we talked about 911 Wonder Women and Nina and APCO and all of these just very niche Facebook groups. People have been able to come together and bond. And that's, I think that's worth celebrating, frankly. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast today. It's always a delight to talk to you too. We will have relevant links in the show notes. We'll have a link to those 911girls.com. Uh, it is live, yes. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it is. It's so beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. Ugh. You guys have a playlist. Yeah, yeah, a that stuff. That is really cool. Anyway, so I would highly recommend you guys to go check it out. We'll also have a link to the article that they talked about, advice on heading out to conferences. And are you two speaking at Nina this year or APCO? No, I'm not going to be this year. I do have goals for Orlando 2024. So hopefully people will find a way to get to Orlando next year and I can meet everybody. I will be at Nina. I will be working the I'm Responding booth. So anybody listening, definitely feel free to step by and say hi. Maybe I'll have some poker chips. Maybe. <gasps> oh my gosh, you guys, you need a poker chip. I have one on my desk and it's delightful. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You have to see it in person to believe it. Thank you both so much. If you're listening to the podcast and you're saying, oh my gosh, I want to talk about speaking at conferences or networking or something completely different, go ahead and email us at dispatchindepth at emergencydispatch.org. And Erica and Yasmin, we are definitely going to have you on the podcast again. So see you later. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Dispatch In Depth. Remember, it really helps if you rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dispatch in Depth is hosted by me, Becca Barris. I'm also the technical director and producer, and Matthew Maiko is the executive producer. 